The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing AI content. Joining me today is Bernard Wong, who's the co-founder at ClearScope, which helps thousands of content teams from businesses like Adobe, uh, Shopify, Condé Nast, NVIDIA, Intuit, and HubSpot drive more search traffic. Now today, as I mentioned, we're going to be jumping into AI content. There's a lot of different opinions going on about it today. So Bernard's going to help kind of set us straight on how we should be thinking about AI content moving forward in SEO. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's my conversation with Bernard Wong, co-founder of ClearScope. Bernard, welcome to the podcast. Tyson, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Excellent. And we were, we were chatting before we got going we have a couple of shared clients. So fan of your product and what you guys are doing in the market. And I think you're the perfect person to, to kind of weigh in on this subject of AI content. It's been getting a little bit of uh, heat in the industry lately as far as should this be considered a good thing, a bad thing. Obviously, it's tempting from the scale that it can provide. But I feel like there's a lot of kind of maybe not like misunderstandings, but a, a lot of variance in opinions out in the industry right now. 
on how we should be thinking about AI content. So maybe just to start us out, I feel like it's helpful to to kind of paint the picture on what the spectrum is of AI content. Because I don't think that it's the same across the board. And this binary, like good, bad to me is not not too accurate on where we where we're at with AI content. I love it. You basically said in my opinion, like, well, is it good? Is it bad? And you gave the perfect SEO answer, which is it depends. <laughs> okay, but in all honesty, what is AI content? For those of you that are simply dipping your toes in the water, you've heard the name GPT-3 thrown around a lot lately, I imagine. And GPT-3, for background, is OpenAI's new, not new, but iterating on their artificial intelligence. This is a company that was started by Sam Altman, who was the president of Y Combinator. And this entity has been absorbed by Microsoft, who has a controlling stake in the the business. So GPT-3 is very fascinating in a lot of different ways because it's the first AI that is above the threshold of tolerance that people have for acceptable responses from an artificial intelligence. The concept of generating content, at least in an SEO perspective, has been around since the beginning, almost the beginning of SEO. We just called it content spinning, (laughs) right? And that was the idea of taking a sentence, essentially mad-libbing, If you're familiar with Mad Libs, you would switch out certain words in certain locations, you know, replace this noun with another noun, replace this verb with another verb. And you would come up with different unique looking sentences that should a human reader look at it. Sometimes it would just come out completely nonsensical and junk-like. So GPT-3 was the first to cross the barrier where somebody would look at that sentence that was created and say, wow, you know, like, that's not bad, like surprisingly not bad. How GPT-3 works also for additional context is that it's ingested billions of records across the internet and has a highly probabilistic model of what should follow what. So how then that works is that you can imagine if I were to ask GPT-3, who is the first president of the United States, GPT-3, after scanning billions of records on the internet, says, first president, United States, 99.99999% of the time will be followed by George Washington. Therefore, I shall respond with George Washington. So the best way that I can simplify how that works is it's just an autocomplete (laughs) suggestion mechanism, right? This sentence follows that sentence at a high confidence, and therefore I will string those sentences together. This word follows that word, and therefore I shall string those words together. If we think about then AI content in that particular context, we can start to unbundle the question of 
where AI content should lie in the spectrum, in my opinion. So AI content then is really good for subjects and topics that everybody agrees on because there's a high confidence of likelihood that first president, George Washington, who created Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, right? Like how does SEO work? Backlinks, internal links, keyword research, right? These are things that for the most part, everybody has agreed upon. Therefore, GPT-3 can do a fairly accurate job creating content that matches what humans would expect. Where AI content starts to struggle, as you can imagine, is in novelty, new perspectives, and topics that are not agreed upon by us, right? Like politics, religion, experience-based things, like if you were to go, you know, like travel or consume a certain food or, you know, try a certain diet, it's going to have much more difficulty stitching together cohesive sentences because there's less confidence in the sentences that it thinks should happen. So that's my high-level take on where it's good and where it's bad. (laughs) And I think one of the key pieces in that description, but also just going back to some of my experience working with enterprise sites on like potential applications, you still have this dependency or this like required like input requirement. And so I think that's something too, that when people are thinking of like, oh, should I go with that, that what structured data or what inputs you have to provide then can also determine a little bit of this quality. And I like too that you really called out the overall, like, is it something that's debated or is it something that has a universal, like, agreement to or something that is like, well, 50% said this, 50% said that. So if like where AI content is at today how much requirement are you seeing within like the input to then create the content? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of it, again, like you were saying, does depend on the input because, right, GPT-3 is an autocomplete suggestion. If you can give it more context as to what it should be basing its continued sentences off of, then you're going to end up with more accurate statements from the artificial intelligence if you've trained it on more unique and original thought and perspective. So a lot of that then does come down to, okay, how much input should you be feeding GPT-3 to give it the ammunition to create interesting and and unique content. But understanding that it's still limited in its ability to write original stuff because all that it's mostly basing the content that it's creating on is what has already been said. (laughs) So if it hasn't already been said, theoretically, there's no way that GPT-3 can create it because it's only 
still being based off of what it's these like billions of, of records that it's been trained on. So I'd say that if your goal is to use AI content, then you can use it in specific types of queries. Now, right now, we're going to wrap this back to SEO, where it's the like, what is X or how to do X type things that GPT-3 is going to require actually fairly minimal input, original like input, and have a highly accurate output for the most part, because that type of prompt is very easy for it to synthesize the correct factual data and put that together. You can imagine, right, if we're starting to shift away from that and say, talk about why X is important, that's going to be where GPT-3 and AI content is going to start to struggle one layer more, depending on how mature the topic is, right? If we're talking about why email marketing is important, there's a lot of records that AI can base itself off of. But if we're talking about why AI content itself is important, it's like too new of a field and there's going to be fewer like data inputs. So all of that then is to say that by creating like a sandbox of sorts, right, and giving the artificial intelligence more data to work with as initial starting fields, your output's going to come out better, but you're still restricted upon the, we'll call it like maturity of the topic, right? Or how many records that GPT-3 is capable of basing its creation upon. And the more mature a topic is, the better it's going to be regardless You could even think of it as like, you know, regardless of the input you're giving it, because there's just so much input that it's already gotten, whereas the less mature and like more exploratory newer topics are just going to have a lot less. And that's where you're going to want to give it more guidance. But the problem there is that you'll try to give it more guidance, but the output's still going to come out like less accurate and more nonsensical. And you're going to like scratch your head and say, man, that sucks. And it's not because, you know, you didn't do a good job giving it better input. It's just that there's less data that the model had to work with to create the output at that point. I think that's super valuable perspective for SEOs out there because I've been in conversations where it's almost like the nature to gravitate to content structure. And like one, a common one that you'll hear is like, oh, FAQ is perfect for AI content. And I think to to your point, it's more of like, not the structure of it, but more on how mature the topic is, as far as is there a universal understanding? Is there enough data or content that it's able to base then the recommendation or not the recommendation, the output from which is going to be doing. So I think a takeaway for a lot of SEOs out there is to be thinking of what is the, not the structure of the content, but what is the type of content? Like, is this something that's new emerging? Or are you talking about like materials to a specific product? That's something that's a little more definitive and not as ambiguous or requiring the same level of creativity on. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. 
So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Now, I don't think we can talk about AI content without talking about the recent, or I guess somewhat recent at this point, Google's helpful content update. And when this came out, the wording on some of the communication around it was apparently targeting towards human-generated or machine-generated content. And what's your opinion on kind of the intent behind helpful content? And is that something that you interpret as like, this is going against machine-generated or AI content? Or is it kind of going in a different vein altogether? Yeah, so I love that question. And I'm going to give a fairly technical response here. And I'll try my best to dumb it down. Hey, Google it's, it's an SEO has, podcast, so I mean, you can be as technical an SEO, as you like. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So if you studied the history of Google algorithm updates, it's more and more leaning towards content-focused updates and less and less focused towards technical or backlink considerations, which if you're practicing a CEO, you should take as a sign that, okay, content is obviously something that Google cares a lot about. I think that, and again, in the history of Google algorithm updates, everything starts off fairly basic, right? You had Penguin 1.0, you had all of these 1.0s, and then you see the evolutions of them to be 2.0, 3.0, Panda, you know, 4.0. And so the Google Helpful Content Update is, I think, in a lot of ways, a, a breadcrumb that Google is going to continue investigating how to serve users the most helpful content possible. Now, if we backtrack to GPT-2, GPT-2 was like not bad as well, but it was still more formulaic than what GPT-3 has been able to accomplish. So it was closer to the Mad Lib model in that this word very likely follows that word. This sentence very likely follows that sentence. Now, my personal take on helpful content is Google's way of saying how much originality is this piece of content bringing to the 
knowledge graph or topical understanding of this particular search. So as an example, if we we're to talk about how to do search engine optimization, what helpful content is looking at is the range of entities surrounding how to do search engine optimization and each piece of content that could possibly rank for it, what is their ability to bring new substances to that table that are meaningful and impactful to the end user? So if you've been studying search engine optimization, more specifically content optimization, there's been this going belief that Google understands that how to do search engine optimization is closely paired with concepts or entities like internal links, backlinks, page load speed, technical SEO, so on and so forth. And these should belong to that particular topic. The lack of backlinks in a piece of content on how to do in, uh, search engine optimization is problematic because there's a high occurrence of that topic with this particular entity. So helpful content update, at least in version one, if you study the impact of it, a lot of people were saying lyric websites oftentimes got punished. And if you looked at most lyric sites, they're literally bringing nothing new to the table, right? They're just saying that Taylor Swift's new song has these lyrics. And if you looked at all of the other lyric sites, for the most part, the ones without user-generated content, then there's no additional entity added from the scope of the topic of Taylor Swift's new song. So my understanding of this then is it's all about information gain by reaching out to the specific nodes that the knowledge graph is looking at as emerging relevant entities <laughs> that the topic should deserve. It would be foolish if we were to create a piece of content on how to do search engine optimization and randomly start talking about Ferraris, Porsches, or Taylor Swift's new song. Even though, right, if Google were to look at that and say, okay, the, like, this has, is containing new entities that I've never seen before within this particular topic, Google's still going to look at that and say the distance from how to do search engine optimization to Lamborghini is miles apart, right? Now, for example, if I'm starting to say, oh, how to do search engine optimization, and I talk about video SEO, right? Google's going to look at that and say, okay, well, it's not, you know, like internal linking and backlink where they're like a millimeter apart, but it's actually a foot apart in that I'm seeing within the scope of how to do search engine optimization, more occurrences of video SEO being discussed in conjunction with the searches that are happening, right? Like SEO and video, or how to do video SEO, right? Google's starting to form the entity association in its database or knowledge graph. And therefore, when we talk about or add information surrounding video SEO to our piece of content talking about how to do SEO, Google's going to look at that and say, this is strictly more helpful content 
than something that's just purely matching the existing blueprint of how to do SEO, right? Just backlinks, internal links, and blah, blah, blah. And it's strictly more useful than, right, these pieces of content that are talking about all kinds of random stuff that's miles away from the original topic that also don't make any sense. So my opinion then is that helpful content update, at least future iterations of it, are going to be seeking longer tail entities surrounding the overall head topic of the knowledge graph being discussed. And it's really going to be aggressively weeding out content that is not hitting upon the fringes of relevant entities, which you could then argue is kind of bad for AI content in the sense that AI content is literally just regurgitating what is already known. So that's my thoughts on that. (laughs) I mean, I love that description of it. And I think there's a couple key pieces in there to just kind of reiterate or double down on. And I think one of them that you started with is the iterations and the anticipation that this is one of many updates that will be in the same vein of them progressing the same pursuit. And I think like the other thing is from that description, it's really from like a concept standpoint, not that far off from like, why is duplicate content bad? And it's like, in that sense, it's like, well, duplicate content's bad because it's not adding anything new. It's not contributing something to the community. And thinking about Google from a business sense is it's like, well, they need to be showing the most useful information. So, I mean, in theory, all their updates would be helpful content related. But like with that, you're not adding anything like net new to it. So it's like Google's protecting their business by looking for whose content out there is contributing something new And then I think that's where you have this inherent kind of limitation, so to speak, on AI content is if there is the regurgitation of stuff that's already out there and stuff that's already out there that's not debated or contested very much, then yeah, you're probably not offering something new to the community or to the world on a given topic. So it would make sense that, hey, that's not going to be rewarded in this sense. But it's like, I do agree that that's something that they will continue to like iterate and progress. And in terms of like AI content, it doesn't mean that there can't be use cases for it or a component within a web page that might utilize AI content. And then you're focusing on putting in a human element or a creative or a net new contribution to a different part on a page or whatever else. So, despite people hating the SEO answer of it depends, is it's like, well, yeah, it is in what is the application of it? Are you using it in its entirety and only using AI-generated content? Is it not going beyond what's already out there today? Bringing this kind of like back around within ClearScope, like you guys are in obviously the content-focused side of the business, have you taken any kind of within 
the the direction that ClearScope's going, like what's as a company kind of your guys' stance or your outlook towards AI content and in the product offerings that you're bringing to the market? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is what we talk about night and day. And I think that we, we believe that AI-assisted content makes a ton of sense, right? In this, like in the vein that when you're stuck, it's helpful to click on a button that just kind of writes some stuff for you based off of what you've already written, right? And regardless of whether it's right or wrong, what's helpful is that something happened. And to solve a writer's block, you can click on this button and it writes something and you're like, wow, like that was so wrong. And here's why. And then you start writing again. Or right, it writes something that was actually fairly good. And you're like, huh, yeah, like that is right. Like, but I wouldn't write it in that way. I would write it in this way. And so I think that then its current form and it's to be decided how potent GPT-4 which is theoretically around the corner, will be. But I think that AI-assisted content makes a ton of sense from an idea generation perspective. The problem with clicking a button and having AI write a 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 word piece of content, the technical reason of why AI content struggles with longer form is actually because of this simple idea of autocomplete confidence. So, for example, if we had one sentence that was created and a 99% likelihood of a second sentence being factually accurate and good following the first sentence, after five sentences, you can imagine that's 99% to the fifth power, you have a 95% accurate paragraph. Now you take that and you say, okay, if it's only 90% accurate after the first sentence, 90% to the fifth power is 59% accurate as a paragraph. So you can imagine the longer that AI content is forced to create content, the less and less accurate it becomes simply by how statistics and probability work. This is why at least AI content in its current form is not that strong in long form content is because it starts to lose context of like where it should be. And that's because, right, it's losing statistical like confidence as it progresses throughout the piece of content. And that's actually why when people like use it to write ad copy or marketing stuff, they're like, wow, that tweet was amazing. Well, it's like, yeah, because it really only needed to create like three sentences. And that's way easier than creating, you know, like 3000 words on the piece. So my opinion then on the matter is that, okay, AI content for SEO, I think it's great for idea generation, helping people get unstuck. I think the other reverberation that we need to talk about is the explosion of mediocre content, right? Like, you could probably get a piece of content created for 50 bucks. Like, on if we're talking about dirt cheap, you know, you're paying two cents a word, 
blah, 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 that sort of thing. Well, AI content has now made it like a dollar to get that same really crappy piece of content to be to be created, which means that, again, Google Google's job now has gotten exponentially more difficult. If we're adding, I don't know how many pages to the internet, to the known like internet every every day, we call it like 100 million pages. Now you can imagine since it's like 100 times cheaper to create the same piece of content, we're going to be adding like 1 billion, if not 10 billion, right? Like, text records to the to the internet at like an increasing clip. So what that means then is that Google is going to be really trying to look for different things amongst websites and and content and going to be really trying to screen out crappy mediocre content a lot faster. I don't know the, like what the implications of that are, but if I were to predict, I would say winners are going to win in that brand is going to be an even bigger factor to winning in search, right? Like if you see Nerd Wallet, say I trust Nerd Wallet. If you see Bernard's Moneyblog.com, like I don't trust Bernard's Moneyblog.com because who's that and blah, blah, blah. So I think the brand halo effect is going to be even more potent for better or for worse. That's going to happen. I think that we're going to see an emphasis from new content being produced to maintenance of existing high-performing content, right? Instead of new, 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 because the cost of new is so cheap now and like everybody's going to try to do new, I think you should focus more on defense and say, okay, well, these are evergreen, like your lawn, and you got to maintain your lawn, right? If you want it to look good and stay on the top spots of, of Google and fend off now this like Im- explosion of crap content that's about to flood the internet. And then I think that, and this is kind of like sad, but interesting, is that we can basically say that most text-based content is a commodity, right? Like when we started as SEOs, right, like 10, 15 years ago, putting a web page on the internet, oh my God, like you care, that was, right? That was an ordeal. You had to like (laughs) mark it up in HTML and you have to think about like your social share, but add like a comment section, like, oh, let's not even talk about that. But now, right, like adding a page to the internet is like, I could do that on my phone or like I can set up scripts that just, you know, right? So that's to say that I think Google's going to be devaluing text-based content. And this is why a lot of people are talking about video SEO is that I think video SEO is the like the next bar, right? To say, look, if bernardsmoneyblog.com has a video of Bernard reviewing all the robo-advisor, whatever, if that's like my shtick. And I'm like going and clicking through and like showcasing my test portfolio. People would be like, wow, you know, like I, uh, Bernard's definitely knows his stuff. There's video that confirms that. So it's the barrier to entry of video content is I think where text-based 
content was, right, when SEO was, was first invented, right? It's just a lot higher. It's a lot more expensive to create. And that creates trust, right? When somebody sees that, they're like, okay, yeah, like he knows his stuff. Because how would we know? People, like authorship, I guess, right, is, is going to be a lot more important. That's like what I've been trying to say is brand and, you know, video, anything that proves that like I know my stuff is just going to become more important in a world where everybody appears to know their stuff. Yeah, and I think your point on using AI content as a tool is super valuable, that it's kind of bringing the conversation back around to where we started. It's not a binary, it's good or bad. There is a place to use AI content as a tool. And if you can use that to free up writer's block or use it to put the effort and focus of your content, your writers, your content efforts on adding the net new or something that you're adding to the knowledge base to like the world at large, that's an area that has the opportunity to succeed. And I think as you were talking about kind of the video aspect, to me, it's like, it's kind of just the next evolution of the cycle of like, okay, we made this progress from text-based auto-generated content, then in video, the doors are still open, but eventually it can get to that point that it's like, which video is then offering something net new to the knowledge base in itself. And then now you have the divergence of kind of voice, video, all the other elements that come with that. But I think the the key takeaway from this conversation to me and what I'd recommend to the SEOs out there to be thinking about is understanding where AI content is at from just an evolution or a technology side, and then taking that into the actual application and how we pull that into our strategy and allocation of resources and so forth. And that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. It's been a pleasure and thanks to Bernard Wong, co-founder of ClearScope, for joining us in the next conversation or the next episode, which will be published tomorrow. Bernard and I are going to continue the conversation and we're going to talk about content strategy versus SEO strategy. If you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn about Bernard, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at Bernard Wong or visit his company's website, clearscope.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.